0: I'm going to be
1: Hello, hello, hello. Good evening. Good evening, all bets on me, Queens. I hope you guys are doing well today. Um, I would first like to say thank you. Thank you for taking the time out to join in this discussion with us. Um, If you're going to be live here with us now, whether you catch the replay, um, just thank you for your time, for being here with us. Um, for those of you who are unfamiliar with me, my name is LaShonda Walford. I am the founder of this amazing, amazing All Bets On Me community. I am also a wife, a mom, a grandmom, um, entrepreneur, and an author, um, all of that. Um, and so welcome, welcome, welcome to this special edition um, of our what we're gonna call our, this is our domestic violence um, conversation. Um, Domestic violence is near and dear to our hearts um, through personal experiences from the moderators um, and myself and other women who are a part of this community. Um, We just want to just speak out, share our stories um, to inspire and motivate and encourage, and also give hope to anyone who may be experiencing a domestic violence situation right now. Um, Anyone who is newly um, out of a domestic violence situation and you're trying to pick up the pieces. Um, So we're just here to, to inspire you, to encourage you, to love on you, to let you know that you're not alone. You have a support system. Um, and you can count on us. Um, so I want to introduce the ladies that I have with me this evening um, to share in this discussion. I have Miss Carol King and Candice Anderson. You guys probably have seen them before because they're also moderators in this community. Um, they're always working behind the scenes to help keep things going. And I I, I could not do it. Uh, without them and the other moderators who's absent uh, in this conversation, which is DeWanna Alexander, um, Catherine LaToya Austin Grant, and Becky, Miss Becky Hulan. I appreciate you guys so much. Um, Thank you. The first thing I want to do is let's define domestic violence. Um I do know that there are some some confusions on what exactly domestic violence is. Um, And we know that there's multiple forms of domestic violence. It it doesn't look the same for everybody. Um, So will one of you feel comfortable just sharing what domestic violence is? You can sum it up in your own words.
2: Can you got it, Kira.
0: <laughs> well, really, without going into the different types, um, I would just basically say that um, it's when um, an individual uh, does some things that are uh, that would negatively affect. Another individual in order to uh, try to keep that person uh, silenced, um, isolated, um, take some type of control over them uh, in order that um, that person would just, you know, have to look for that, the, the individual um, for uh, whatever their means are. That's, I believe that's one of the um, main definitions.
1: Thank you, and, and you're absolutely right. Um, so with that being said, we're going to go ahead and jump into the conversation. Um, so Candice, would you like to start, or Ms. Carol, since you already have the mic, would you like to go ahead and start to kind of share your story and your experience
0: in um, domestic violence? I sure can. Um, and I know that you uh, talk about that there are some different types. Um, fortunately, I did not experience all types. Um, I mostly dealt with um, the physical part of it, um, emotional, and um, a little bit of, I would say, uh, isolation. And we probably need to add on some some other words um, as we go along in this conversation, because um, the person that is um, inflicting these things onto another person uh, shows like you can give them um, a title. Um, Sometimes you see things like uh, narcissistic tendencies, uh, like I said earlier, uh, being controlling, uh, gaslighting, and things of that nature. And so um, when we talk about those parts of it, we, we want to be able to um, explain that, um, you know, those things are, for example, um, when we talk about narcissism, um, a person uh, may they tend to usually have some issues of their own and it's like subjecting what they're dealing with onto another person. And, um, you know, uh, gaslighting would be, for example, when a person tries to say that something is happening or maybe be accusatory and it really may not be taking place, but then a person, the the victim uh, begins to question themselves, you know, is, is this really taking place? So they're, you know, uh, subjecting these things w- in, in words and in action, um, maybe taking away something or using their words to try to make a person believe that something is happening that really is not. Um, so, I wanted to say those things because um, that's a very big part of um, you know, the domestic violence that takes place. So with my story, um, and actually, um, my situation happened well over thirty years ago. Um, but I was young. Um, I would say that it started probably around seventeen. When I was 17 years old, um, I already have. When I look back, I can see that I already had a low self esteem and I was looking for a connection, um, looking for love. And even though I, um, you know, lived with both parents and had a, 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 a good home, what I would say is a good home, um, I still felt like I was lacking. And so, the, my uh, coupled with the low self-esteem and then trying to look for love, acceptance, um, I began to choose, you know, kind of make some decisions and choose individuals, um, and, and when I say individuals, uh, you know, looking for a, a, a person that I could date, um, that it was really more like a rebellion so to speak And I Attached myself to an individual That was unhealthy For me now at the time I didn't realize that That person had some personal issues um, I overlooked all that and I didn't know About signs I mean that was like something I, I lived a sheltered life So You know what do you mean like uh, Signs what's that You know, I didn't know what to be looking for. Uh, No one had taught me, which is fine, but that was just kind of where I was. Um, So um, I ended up uh, getting into this relationship. I was being mistreated even in the dating phase to where, um, you know, he was kind of like back and forth, in and out. relationship with me and then just kind of being wild doing, trying to do his own thing. We broke up, but then later down the road and and even I I ended up having a child by him, but, but down the road, we decided that we would uh, get married. So in the uh, event of getting married, I began to, to make even worse decisions, you know, not, not taking into account that, you know, this is not healthy. Um, he's got his issues and I mean I had my own issues that I realized were issues, but just going into that I could see where um being young was an issue. Um and not like I said earlier, not knowing about what signs to look for. So and uh, watching my parents growing up, I thought that you get married and you stay with that person. You know, I never saw them fight or my parents fight or anything like that, but my ideal of a marriage was you stay in it and you make it work. So um, when t- um, a little bit of time and it didn't, to be honest with you, it didn't really take long it was probably a few months. So really in the first six months of the marriage, there were signs Um, and it was little things. And that's the thing that I think is really good for us to be um, talking about because sometimes you dismiss things that are taking place. Um, You know, so making negative comments about, my looks, um, my cooking. Um, and in in the beginning it was kind of like, that's not true. But then over time, when you hear these things over and over and over again, sometimes you begin to question yourself. Well, is that really true? You know, so, um, that's kind of where it started and nothing i did was good enough um and then um some drugs were involved um because we like i said we were young we were smoking weed but it began to get worse um you know delving into some other types of um substance abuse and um That's where I think things escalated. So there began to be layers of other things that were a problem. Um, And physical, the physical violence besides the the verbal abuse, um, it it was stressful. So I I was, um, I'm thinking, okay, this is a person that's supposed to love me. I love this person with all my heart. And It began to take an an emotional toll on me um, because I was stressed out and having to, in a sense, shut all of that off and try to go to work, you know, each day that I worked. Um, I think, in a sense, there was maybe a form of financial abuse. Um, I'm not a professional. But I would say that, you know, when you withhold money or the your partner um, is causing the family to rely just on, you know, you, you know, you're putting uh, this because the financial abuse can come along in a couple of different ways where they can withhold Or they can put the burden on you. So, I think for me personally, I think it's, you know, two sides of the same coin. So, there were a lot of these things going on, and I didn't realize that it was that bad until the physical abuse came along. And, um, you know, the fighting, um, the black eyes, the time that I ended up in the uh, um, emergency room um it had to get stitches, the police came it, it was you know I mean by by then when all that had escalated to that point you know we were fighting every week, not necessarily every day but it should have been you know it was it was a regular on a regular basis and um I felt defeated um but at the same time what I said earlier about, staying in a relationship. And when you're in a, when you are a private person, you don't go and tell other people about what's happening to you. You hide, you hide behind it because um, I didn't want to be a failure. I don't want to have a failed marriage. I never know. I don't know what a failed marriage means. I didn't see that, you know, in my own life. So lots of layers I'm saying, you know, and um, I thought at one time that I was um, going to have a nervous breakdown. I could, I could sense it. I'd never had that before, but, but some is something, you know, within when you are going through so much stress. And so I had good insurance and I reached out to uh the hospital here in my town, because at one point they did do like mental health and I found out that they were no longer doing it. And then when I found that out, it was kind of like, well, I guess there's nothing else I can do. I didn't go further to, to investigate anything else because I was so broken and, um, things just continued to escalate to a point where, um, there was a time when, um, after we split, um, he came to my job and, um, hit me in the back of the head in the store, took me by my hair and arm and literally drug me out of the store where the police had to be called. And I was screaming and yelling and, you know, um, Times when uh, he would pick me up and throw me into walls and leave a dent, you know, we would tear up things in the apartment. And um, uh, I began to fight back at a certain point too, because um, in the beginning I was just defending myself, but then my sense of, you know, it was, you know, the fight or flight, it was more like a flight in the beginning, and then later it became a fight. I'm like, I'm gonna fight back. Um, so it, it was it was really a mess because there were things that I did to you know be to try to protect myself. Um, I chased him with a knife many times and picked up things and hit him, chased him down with the car, you know, just things like that. And and it's that's not healthy you know, um, busted the windows out. one of the windows out in, the, in our vehicle. And if I can paint a picture enough to say that something's wrong with that, that's not the way you should be living. It's not healthy. It's not healthy for the person or people that are involved. It's not healthy for kids. Um, fortunately my son really wasn't around during a lot of these times, but there was just one time where he was when, when he was, and I don't even remember it until he told me, you know, when he was old enough, he told me about it. And, um, so it's dangerous because people lose their lives but I'm grateful that it didn't get to that point because I, it got to a point where I said, somebody's going to lose their life. I, I've got to leave or someone's going to lose their life and it's not going to be me. So, um, I'm, I don't, um, it's been a long time since I've really, uh, delved into this conversation. Um, but, uh, it's a lot to be told to encourage women that you don't have to stay, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: So Ms. Carol, in the beginning, you talked about um, the things that you would dismiss um, and you would just, I guess, didn't really think it was nothing to it. Um, can you share like what types of things those were? And you also mentioned um, the negative comments Um, You know, because there are um, people who go through domestic violence and they don't realize that they're in a situation. You know how it starts off the way you explained it as the little comments, but they're all like negative. There is sort of like the first step of stripping away your self-worth. And that my manipulation, that's that's the first step, you know, that's those things. So can you share um, what were some of those comments that, you know, he would say to you um, and names that you were being called, you know, if you're comfortable with that, what, what were some of those things that he would say that you kind of overlooked and didn't think it was really that important or that mm-hmm. you really didn't mean anything by it?
0: Well, um, just basically, uh, I, I was. I, I never really have been a big person, but I was a lot smaller then. And so, you know, to call me s- to say that I'm too skinny, um, I'm ugly, uh, you know, if, if you leave, nobody's going to want you. Um, to, to talk about my cooking, that it was nasty. Um even the Kool-Aid was something was so-called wrong with it. And I'm thinking, okay, uh, but you drink it or you eat it. So, you know, but those are very subtle ways to um to begin to tear down a person. Because like I said, I already had self- self-esteem issues. Um, so in the beginning, it was annoying, but over time, when you hear it over and over and over again, you begin to think, "Well, okay, the the person that's supposed to love me is telling me these things, and if if he's telling me these things, then maybe they're true." Um, I'm I'm and I began to tell myself that I'm unlovable or that I, whatever, you know, something was wrong with, I guess something is wrong with the food. Um, accusing me of being with other men and I knew for a fact that was not true because I'm thinking that's not even something I would have ever thought of, believe it or not. You know, that that's how sheltered of a person I was. And I'm thinking, no, I I, I didn't and it's just this constant you know i saw you looking at so and so or you know y'all must be doing something and and i'm like uh you know the stress was was mounting by then to say well um i'm unwanted um and uh and the reason why i know is because of the way i'm being treated and the things that are being said you know, calling me, um, as people say, calling me out of my name, you know, the B word. And, you know, um, we did a lot of a lot of cussing. Um, and, you know, just I think probably the biggest thing for me was to be accused of being with someone else. It wasn't even so much. The food situation or calling me ugly. It was to say that I was doing something with someone else hurt me and he knew it. So he was always, always trying to say something that he knew was going to hurt me because eventually, you know, I would be, I would begin to cry. So because I, he saw me crying, then he knew that it was something that would hurt. So then he would continue on and on, saying some of those same things in order to hurt me. Hmm.
1: Yeah, that that's that's interesting. Um, and I think that's that's the the part when you really start to rethink the whole entire situation when those mm-hmm. type of things continuously happen. Um. So I thank you for for sharing. I know that this is not something that you, you know, have talked about. So I appreciate that. Yeah, thanks, Carol. Yes. So what I was getting ready to say, so Candace, while you're unmuted, can you go ahead and share um your story?
2: I can. I wanna first thank Carol though, um, for being transparent. Um, you know, you never know what people been through what they're going through you know and how they got through um, their situation so I appreciate you for being transparent for sure um ooh, I don't even know where to start I mean there's so many layers to it and um like I to tell you all the time Lashonda I'm still working on Candace. <laughs> you know um, I'm a 10year well 11, 11 year survivor now um, so I, I praise God for that because I can say that now. Um, it took me 10 years <laughs> to say that. Um, so I am living in my recovery period. And um, when I say my recovery period, um, my own like self-discovery and just trying to um, figure myself out, you know, work on me, and because um, there's still a lot of residue there from what I've been through um, that I'm still dealing with. So, um, my story started about 10, 11 years ago. Um, I was the person who thought I had it all together. <laughs> um, I was in my career, I um, had just bought my home um, in my 20s. And so I felt like, you know, I was I was good. <laughs> you know, there was no nothing lacking, you know, outside of anything that was hindering me, shall I say. Um, I just end up getting with the wrong person at the wrong time. Um, I, at that time, I didn't think that I had any insecurities. I mean, it's let me say this. when you don't work on yourself first, (laughs) you're liable to fall into so many different situations. Um, And so I didn't ever think that I had insecurity issues in regards to the standard of insecurity. Um, I felt very um, secure, you know, in in me as a person. Um, So when I got with this individual, it started very, you know, great you know no no issues very um just it just started great so um it kind of transpired over time my situation happened very slow um you know the first couple of months was was pretty good um and then what I didn't realize is that that person had a lot of stuff. Um, and I say this before you get into any situation, one, get to know yourself. And then two, really figure out who you're with. Um, I say that because when a person is insecure with themselves, um, when a person has a lot of baggage, um, when a person is not who they want to be, then they pull you into that mess. Okay. So I got pulled into that mess, but pulled into that mess very slow. Um, I got in too deep and um, it was hard for me to get out. And um, I say that because, you know, in relationships, you go through a process. You go through the dating scene, you go through falling in love. And then once you hit that falling in love, <laughs> you already know (laughs) it's hard to backtrack um and so when you're in love with someone you want the best for them um you want them to um be great you want them to you know achieve things you want them to be the best that they can be you know and try to pull them or try to pull them up um and that was my problem um I realized it wasn't necessarily insecurity But it was codependency Um, and trying to say or trying to make myself feel like I needed to help him. He needs me. (laughs) He needs me. Like I'm the one that he needs to be better. You know, I got my stuff together. Let me help him. Um, And that wasn't good because each day it started chipping at me a little bit more. Um and then once it started chipping in me a little bit more, then I started having issues. You know, I started, you know, not believing in myself like I used to, um, got so drained by his stuff. And I started changing. And once I started changing, then there goes the isolation. Um, there goes the, you know, trying to make sure you're not stepping over the lines, (laughs) trying to make sure you're appeasing him, um, trying to make sure that you are walking that, that line so you don't have to argue or that you got to make sure that he know that you're good, (laughs) making sure, you know, he knows that you are, um ride or die as they say <laughs> that you making sure that they know that you are 100 and that you're about them um and then when all of that stuff happens you start forgetting about yourself and so you're bringing that person up but you're lessening yourself um and so you know that was my situation and i started losing candace in the process and um once i started losing candace in the process I wasn't the same person anymore. Um, I didn't even recognize me. I would try my best not to argue. Um, I didn't want to upset him. Um, I would be talking to a family member, and I was so embarrassed by, like, my character. Um, or I was scared that they was my family member was going to say the wrong thing. And I'm just like... I don't want any of that. So what I would do is, like, I have to call you back. That's isolation. Or my phone started ringing. It's my mom. Well, I can't talk to her right now because she's going to ask me, how am I doing? What are you doing? You know, all of those things. I didn't want any questions. Um, And then you're balancing, you know, being this adult, because I was in my early 20s. So being this adult, trying to handle everything, trying to balance everything, but still you're, like, going into depression slowly. um, Because I had to try to put up a front, Okay, Um, I was the one to have my stuff together now. I can't let nobody see me not having my stuff together. I got my stuff together. So I didn't want anybody to know what I was going through. Um, It was embarrassing, because behind closed doors, Remember, I wasn't the same person. Behind closed doors, I'm doing what he's doing to appease him. You know, whether it's drinking, partying, hanging out, and that wasn't me, but I wanted to appease him. I wanted him to be good. Maybe if I go to the party with him, he'll act right. Maybe if I do this, maybe if I do this, then he would, you know, be, be be a better person. So it's like you putting yourself in that situation when you can't fix nobody. I didn't know that then. <laughs> I know that now. Um, you can't fix a person. You just can't. No matter how hard you try, um, that person has to do the work. Um, but at that time, I didn't know that. So you know, over time, it just gotten worse. Um, my situation was a lot of emotional um a lot of mental and then it was physical at times um i think what weared on me most was the mental um now granted all of it was horrible physical all of it was was unspoken was just was not a good situation but um mental is the hardest to overcome um because you go through those and like Carol was saying, when you're feeding, when somebody's feeding you all of that junk and you like, well, this person loves me. This person cares about me. He knows what's best for me. So you're like feeding yourself all of those things. And then over time, it's just it's just eating inside of you and you're starting to believe those things about yourself. Um, so the mental really took a toll on me um a lot of our altercations happened in a car um and alcohol was was part of the um the situation so i deal with a lot of post-traumatic stress when it comes to being in a car and driving um i get anxiety real bad with it because a lot of our um domestic situations were him, you know, driving back roads, trying to make me nervous, trying to make me scared, um, because that's that control. Um trying to, you know, just fear put put fear in me. Um, and so I still deal with that. I'm still going to counseling for that, you know, to try to overcome that barrier. Um, Carol also mentioned a mental breakdown. So, um, I went through a situation um, when it all started with the driving, per se. I was driving to work one day, and um, you know how you just get tired? <laughs> you just get tired of all of the stuff. And I just got to, I was just tired of everything. I was working a full time job as a nurse, um, I was in this crazy relationship, trying to hold it together. Trying to pay bills here, trying to you know be this person for my mom, and you know just putting on the front and all of these different things. So, um, I was driving one day, and I had a breakdown. Like at that moment, I just could not do it anymore. I was just like, I can't, I can't, I can't hold it together anymore. And I was on the, I was trying to get over to the median. And a big truck was coming. It was just a whole episode. And from that moment on, it's when I started to have real bad anxiety. Um, and so I'm still, I, like I said, I still deal with that residue, but that was the start of my mental breakdown. And that's when I knew I can't keep doing this. I can't keep, you know, protecting him and not protecting myself. Um, so I had one good friend who realized that I was not Candace anymore. Um, I would isolate myself. She came to the house. Well, she worked with me. And if she's listening, she knows. <laughs> but she worked with me and she just knew that I wasn't good. And um, I would come home, isolate myself, wouldn't talk to nobody. And one day she showed up. She showed, at my, showed up in my house one day. And she was like, "No, we're not doing this anymore." And she used to tell me when she walked in my house, it was very tense, very, very dark, um, very cold, very just not welcoming. Um, my mom had said that too at one point because I didn't let her know what was going on. But she, when she used to visit, she would feel the same way. Um, so anyway, so she got me, helped me get out of that situation. I got out of the situation moving forward. I got out of the situation, but I went back. Um, I went back six months later. I went back six months later because he told me that he has changed. He told me that he was going to be better. Um, we prayed. Okay. We prayed. We asked God, you know, and I just knew that it was going to be different. Listen, it took two weeks. Okay. It took two weeks for it to resurface again so that's why i say a person have to fix themselves um period so my signs that i see now was insecurity okay um if a person whether it's a woman or man insecure to me to me is a red flag to me um because i feel like when a person is insecure with themselves they're not confident in themselves. So then that's when the control comes because they have to they have to be um, they have to have something to feel good about. Um, and so they bring that control. So, of course, if a person it's easy to um, let them or open themselves up for a person to do that, because it doesn't just come off like I'm controlling you. <laughs> no, it's going to be little bitty things. It's going to be, um, I love you. Let me take you out. Um, Let me buy you some flowers. Then the next time it's going to be no flowers. It's going to be like, let's go out. But who are you looking at? Why are you looking at them? Uh, Okay. Then the next time it's going to be something else. So it kind of builds itself up. But then you're already like in too deep. So you don't see it. So that was for me. And so we'll go out. And um, everything is fine. We go out to dinner and then he's like, why are you looking at him or who is dead or who is, who are you talking to? And it could be like something totally innocent, but they're so insecure with themselves. They're thinking you're talking to that person. So what do you do as a person? You fall back. You start not looking. <laughs> this is you or this is me. Or, you know, you see somebody walking and you're like, let me make sure I have tunnel vision because Lord, I don't need him to know or think I'm checking this guy out. (laughs) So then that's when you are isolating yourself. You're in this tunnel vision. You can't really look other directions because you're afraid of what this person is going to say to you. Um, So, I mean, it's so many different things. And I say, if you are in a domestic violence situation, Really try to figure yourself out and do the work for yourself until you can get out. Um, because that's what made me stronger when I was in there. I was like, you know what? Candace, God, give me strength first. Give me strength to get out of this situation. I am powerful. I'm beautiful. I'm loving. I have all of these things you gave to me. You gave me these, oh God. Nobody else gave me these things. You did. So use those things as a vessel for me so I can get out of this situation. Um, and it it took those those talks to myself, the prayer, um, just really believing in Candace. And once I started believing in that, I didn't care what he said. <laughs> okay? I didn't care what he said about me um, because I was stronger. Okay? And then I had to realize, like, had to take a good look at him and, and see what was really going on with him it's not me it's never you it's never you period i'm telling you it's never you um and he may feed you that or she may feed you that but it's in all honesty it's that person that's needing something and you're you are the vessel to feed that to feed that negativity that they need to feel Powered and in control. So um, I got out of the situation by the grace of God. Um, I got tired and I surrendered and I didn't care whether I died or lived. It was that serious um, because I was over it. You know, I, I was over it and thank God that he saw more in me. And that's why I'm here today, to be able to be a voice for the vo- voiceless um it took me a while to get here because it is to me i felt like it was embarrassing um because i never wanted to be the one that felt weak but every day that i was in this situation i was getting weak um so i'd rather be weak (laughs) outside of that, so i can build up myself and be strong again um and that was my mentality um for it all so um yeah so that's that's my story um you know i went through a lot to get here i went through a lot of depression i went through a lot of you know trying to fix myself and you know trying to learn who candace is again and it's every day it's a journey but any time that i can help um other women because this is my platform um I'm, i'm all for it you know that's where i get my strength from to keep moving on so i thank lashonda for this moment to be able to tell my story each year, I think I can tell a little bit more. So that's progression.
1: <laughs> right. You're absolutely right, Candice. Um, and I thank you for being willing to share your story. Um, when you were talking, I, I was writing stuff down because I will forget. But I did not want to interrupt you while you were speaking. But I wanted to ask you um, you said that the person, so we're going to say the the um, aggressor, has to realize or or has to know that they're the problem. So they would have to acknowledge having a problem because a lot of them, you know, they when you really truly look at them in the eye, they really are clueless to them having an issue. Um it's never them it's never them it's everybody else around them Um, and and that's that's the troubling part for me because you can't um you can't begin to do any work if you don't recognize that you have things and issues that you need to work on Um, and that's the scary part because they they are clueless um, to to them having real issues yeah, um,
2: for sure. Yeah. I'm sorry, go on. <laughs> no,
1: no, that's okay. That's okay. That was really what I wanted to really point out that, you know, in order for them to to realize that they got to acknowledge that they have an issue or several issues. Um, and that, that's the scary part because you can't, you can't make them see that it's them, especially not when, You're the one that they're going to take it out on. So they're not going to listen to anything that you say, you know, and you can be coming from the humblest place of your heart and they still won't receive it that way because they just, that's just the way it works.
2: Yeah. And you know um, what I have learned in that situation is that's when I, that's when I discovered that it's, it's not me. It has to be, This is the thing. This is how God works. Um, It was to a point that I had to remove myself out of the situation, because if I didn't, I was going to be hurt. I had to let God work on him, period. Like, I had to be in a position to say, because at one point, he really thought like I was his God, like I was his saving grace. And that's when I knew, you know what? I can't be, (laughs) like, I can't be that for you. I had to put in perspective that it's bigger than me. Um, And even by me telling him that, you know, like you said, they don't see it. They're not going to see it until they accept it. That's when you have to step
1: back and you have to let God, period. Um, I'm going to read some of the comments. So if y'all saw me looking down, it's because I'm trying to keep up with the, um, the, the comments, um, There's quite a few here. Um, So we have people that are speaking, um, and then uh, someone stated verbal abuse when we were talking about the different types of abuse, um, uh, manipulation, um, and then emotional abuse can lead to much worse. Um, And someone from Facebook said, so sorry, Carol, that you had to endure such hideous behavior. Um, let's see. Another person from Facebook. These come from Facebook now. They try to do that because it's really them that they have issues, self-esteem issues, and and that's 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 true. Um, someone else said, "God bless you both." Someone else said, "Yes, truth." Um, someone else said they transferred their stuff, baggage on you instead of fixing themselves. Um, and that that's true. Um, you needed to fix him, was what they said. Um, and then, Candace, when you were speaking about um, trying not to do anything to offend him or set him off. Someone said walking on eggshells, tiptoeing around. Yes, that's exactly what you described. Um, And then someone else said, um, when you were talking about um, trying not to disturb him or set him off, someone else said you did that just to keep the peace. Um, Suffering in silence is what you guys were doing because you didn't share with anybody. Um, uh, And I may have missed some. I'm just trying to read them real quick so that they know that we do see their comments. Um, The last comment was, they know it's them. It was just them before you. (laughs) It was just them before you. Um, Had it not been you, it would have been someone else. They were like this, long before you and won't admit it but they know and i i do agree with that i feel like some of them they definitely do know Um, yeah and
2: they they pull on um people who want to um please Mm -hmm. people who want to um nurturers nurture people who are generally nurture nurturers people who are codependent and people who are um lack self-esteem so those per research those are the people that they normally go after um because like i said it gives them a boost and it gives them the control to feel better about themselves and i was the one that was a nurturer by, you know wanting to you know be the person to fix them or to help them get to be their best, their best, that best person. What would you say, Carol?
0: I, I do agree to that. Um, a lot. Um, I would say though, in my case, um, the individual was so broken. Um, it wasn't like, um, necessarily seeking after me because sometimes people are looking for someone to manipulate they, they that's just they're, they're so warped in their minds that they're looking for someone you know it's like they're lurking but this particular individual in my belief you know they came from a broken home and the, he told me uh down the road that uh when he began to really admit some of his issue, as to why he was doing what he did. He said, well, and this was the craziest thing. He was like, well, um, you're just so perfect. Um, And at 19, 20 years old, I was like, what are you talking about? But his view of perfection was I had both of my parents. Uh, I was from a military home had good standards, you know, I was raised well, you know, things of that nature. And because he didn't really truly feel good about himself, he just, like I said, he, he projected his pain onto me. And, um, it was very sad, but, um, that's just what the way it was. um, Yeah, and I I also want to mention too that when we talk about um, the way I, I heard you, LaShonda talking about danger, like things being dangerous, because there's so many levels to the violence that it can be. I'm not saying that there's a there's a level that's good, but it can escalate to be so bad and horrific that a person is like literally fearing for their lives, you know? So um, people that are um, in these situations really need to be very careful because sometimes you don't really know who you're dealing with until you're in it. You don't really know that person's real mindset until you're there and they're they could be on top of you, and I remember us choking one another, you know, till till you you think you know you think you're going to die or something like that. And um, but some people really do go to the farthest extreme to where they really will hurt someone in a in a case, and um, it's very important that even though we suffered in silence, it's uh, looking back, um, I did have a friend that I confided in, but not very much. I I didn't tell my parents really, but I would tell a friend. Um, And when I got to this point where I would escape, if you're trying to escape, it's so important to try to have a plan and a plan for where you can go, someone you can go to. And and I say that because when I left the second time, because like like you, Candace, I, I, I left him and I stayed with my parents. My son and I stayed with my parents for a little bit and he convinced me that things were OK we got back together and, but that was like the worst of the worst. And I left in the middle of the night, Um, but I was smart by then, smarter rather, because I didn't go to a place really where I thought he would look like the, the, because he knew my friends. So um, this one friend of mine, he knew was one of my best friends, I didn't go to her house cause I knew he would come there, you know? Um, so you kind of have to, even in your, whatever you're in, you still have to try your best to try to stay a step ahead of them because they're all always thinking, you know, sometimes they're laying up at night thinking. And so sometimes you just have to have, and that's be that, um, that actually, helped um, helped me in becoming the person uh, very much like who I am today because I was, like I said, I was always, um, I was sheltered. I had a hard time thinking for myself. When I grew up, I didn't really talk for myself because I had a big sister that did all the talking. So there was a lot going on with me and I had to, um, and I know it was God because I had a relationship with God, but we didn't go to church during the two years that we were together or a year and a half. Um, I you know, I left the church and just didn't go, but God was with me and he began to kind of I felt like God was giving me showing me what to do, you know, like in my heart. so you know, not going to the place where I knew he would look. so I did go to someone's place. She was actually a supervisor and I stayed with her in the middle of the night. We went there. But what was ironic was we ended up um, I ended up um, giving the car back to him. But we were still living at this place the, the, with the supervisor, my work supervisor. And one day he actually came to her place and I was scared to death. Um. But what she had done was she had prepped me because this this is how serious things had gotten. She left me her gun and she said, if he happens to break in, shoot him like she's telling me all this stuff. And and I'm like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? And I was I was just I was so scared and nervous and just my head was all over the place. And this one day he showed up at the place and I'm, I hear a knocking on the door and I look out, but you could see out, but people on the outside couldn't see in, but I was so um scared that I thought he could see me. You know, that's how, messed up. I was, I'm like, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And I just remember retrieving that gun and my hand is shaking. I'm thinking, Lord, please don't let him break in because it's going to be over, you know, but what he did was he drove over there because he knew of this about this woman. And he remembered that I had talked about where she lived and he, she lived in a trailer uh, park so he drove around the trailer park and looked for toys ch- children's toys because this woman had to- had younger kids so he drove around and did this see what i'm saying like it's like a stalking and um so i'm like but thankfully he didn't get you know i didn't answer and he went on but um that's the kind of stuff that can happen and worse you know, for some cases, in, in some cases. So, um, you just have to be ready. And, um, I want to also say that Christians can go through this as well. A person doesn't have to be a non-believer, you know, we're not perfect. You know, we, we make decisions, you know, or make mistakes or whatever. But um, I believe that when the Lord is involved, as Candace and I both talked about, that that's what helped us or continues to help us to this day to be able to overcome. You know, because like I said, this was 30 some years ago, but the abuse necessarily doesn't stop just because you leave. You know, the, the phone calls can continue. They're still looking for you. They're still trying to get get in your head. And by that point of me going back and, um, you know, reuniting with the church, it helped me to realize I'm like, OK, first of all, I need to work on forgiving myself, forgiving him and having the Lord to help me to repair the damage. That has been done to me, and um, and then try to press forward. But I will say that mentally, trauma shape reshapes you, your brain, your thought processes. You become sometimes defensive or offensive. Um, you know, you're looking for. Um, Okay, there's some mistrust there in further relationships, perhaps. Um, You're thinking some. You can that not always, but sometimes you can be thinking somebody's out to get me. I don't trust this person, you know. um, And so it causes you to shift. So for me personally, you, I believe. that you really have to, um, while you're seeking God um, and search, doing that self-searching um, and and getting yourself back on track, asking God to help you to maneuver through your future because of the way you've been now shaped, perhaps. You know, you don't want to, live your life, um, in a prison per se, relationally, because this happened to you, because sometimes people take what they went through into the next relationship. Now you want to be careful. You want to be mindful. You want to be prayerful, but, um, you know, uh, do everything that you can to, to protect yourself and um, and be safe. So, mm-hmm. you,
1: you raised a lot of good points, Miss um, Carol. Um, and just like you and Candace both have stated that, you know, you guys are, you knew God already. So what would, what advice, can you give to someone who may not have a relationship with God already, you know, and find themselves in a domestic violence situation? What can they do? Like, do you have any suggestions on how, um, where they would draw strength from um, and courage? Cause it takes courage um, to, to leave a domestic yeah. violence situation.
2: I'm gonna answer that. <laughs> I'm gonna answer that because yes, I um I've always had a relationship with God for sure. Um, you know, you have moments also though that you um wonder like why why would God let me stay in this situation? Um where are you God? I need you. So, you know, I've had moments like that before, and I had moments that I could I felt like God wasn't hearing my prayers. Um, so I say all of that to say yes I have a relationship with God. On the flip side, however, um, I also have um, this whole situation has really put me put in perspective of me discovering me um, and discovering who I am so I had to do the work on myself. Um, so the people, so who, if you have a person who does not believe in God or, you know, it's, cause it's so many different, you know, denominations out there, non-denominational, not Christians. It doesn't, like someone was saying, it doesn't discriminate. The domestic violence does not discriminate. Um, so I would say my advice would be is to go enter um, into yourself and really draw your strength from knowing who you are and do the work. Um, Whether that is just reading, you know, motivational quotes, Um, if that is just, you know, reading books that's going to give you what you're looking for, Um, because there's books out there that's more inspirational, um, more motivational, encouraging books out there. Now they're on YouTube. Um, You have now you can Google everything. Um, because one thing that I was looking for when I was going through this situation is resources. Um, and so, you know, looking for women and not talking about Christian women, just looking for women or men or people who was, who's going through what I'm going through. That's the key. People who are going through what I'm going through. How did you get through it? Forums like this, platforms like this um that's my advice you know pull from that because somebody has went is going through what you're going through right now um and that one little piece of advice can be life-changing um so what worked for me was developing other platforms for women who have been through what i've been through and being their resource because that's what was missing when i was looking for it um So they're out there. You know, LaShonda is a good resource. Um, It's so many different resources out there, but it's not always got to be Christian based because I do understand that everyone is not a Christian and that's okay. Um, So just looking more so within. And what works for you.
0: Okay, I'm going to go ahead and piggyback off of that, Mm -hmm. Um, because I was kind of thinking the same thing, um, different wording. Um, That being support groups, Um, you know, there, there can be some local support groups. Sometimes um, people don't know where they can go and they readily like you're, it's in the middle of the night. And if you don't know of any uh, thing else to do, I would personally say to have your um, non-emergency police phone number in your phone so that you can call them and they can maybe direct you if that's the situation or to have a 1-800 number um you know for for domestic violence because um you know and and in your community if if there are um places that um people can go i know um ironically Uh, I have a a history where um, at one time my son and I, this was not during the domestic violence situation, but my son and I at one time lived at um, our local children's home. And the children's home has a section for single moms Mm -hmm. and and their kids. Um, Many of the moms that come there have been in situations where, Maybe they were in a shelter of other some other shelter of sort. Um the Lord blessed me to be able to some years later, after my son and I lived there, for me to actually be able to go back and work as a supervisor for some of those moms. So and I realize every town may not have something like that, but there's always like we're basically giving resources and examples because depending on where people are uh, t- chiming in from where they mm-hmm. where they live, there's something somewhere because there's so many um, uh, resources out there um, about domestic violence as opposed to if it's, this had been in the 50s or the 60s yeah. like there is it, something somewhere that people can um, can find. And I really like how um, Candace talked about working on self. That's a a big thing because it takes time to uh, develop and to get your identity apart from that person. Because what Mm -hmm. tends to happen is your identity is based on how that person saw you at that time. And so it's about breaking down those walls
2: mm-hmm.
0: um it would be as if there was a crust of some sort <laughs> that was built up on us that has to be chiseled away yeah you know i had to be, um,
1: oh. <laughs>
2: you yeah. know, I get yeah. down with myself mm-hmm. and for me like, therapy didn't therapy resort like the shelter wasn't my first go-to
0: mm-hmm. only because
2: i was still in the i was still in the phase of of um embarrassment one um two i was like i go to a shelter and not have an education um not knowing where those resources are and then a big part of me was like i have to get raw right with myself so i can be more transparent and knowing what i need to do what's going to work for me i say that because like carol said there's so many different avenues that you can go to the biggest the step number one is getting out I didn't mean to cut you off, Carol. I had to say that.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. That's that's perfect. That's perfect. Um, and something I've been kind of thinking about is I think we need to be honest with ourselves and say that we, we may know someone or know some ones, some different people at some point in our lives. We may meet someone down the road that is dealing with this and we and because we got out of it we may say to ourselves you that because it's very easy for a person to say oh girl just just leave him you know go do this you know and many people can come to you and say oh you ought to leave him or you ought to do this and it's easier said than done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that that's something that needs to be said because you don't really know what you're going to do or how you respond until you're in it. You don't know how easily you'll leave. Some people, some people that said that they would never do this find themselves in it. So we just need to be real and say that you can... Possibly find yourself in a situation like that because, you know, uh, 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 people put their wolves in, in sheep clothing out there. You know, and you can be, you can come from the best home. You can be a Christian all your life. You can have it all together and still find yourself in that situation, but don't be so quick to be so down on yourself that you don't seek the help because in the end, we're still fearfully and wonderfully made. We just have to find the road that's what's best for us. And something else Candace said is that, um, why would God allow something like this to happen because sometimes I, I would sit and think, why, why? But here's one of the main reasons that it could be that he, we are now sharing a testimony, somebody listening live or on a re on the replay can find themselves listening to our stories, And make a decision that's going to help them. But how can they do that if we were not here? I mean, of course, here there are other people. But God, um, he says that the word says that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and to them that are called according to his purpose. So we go through things sometimes not necessarily for us but to help somebody else and to give glory to, to God's name.
1: Carol, if I had something <laughs> to throw at you, I would. Um, I would do that um, because I wholeheartedly with everything in me, I believe that the things that we go through, they're not for us. Yeah, we may be the ones that's physically going through it. We are the ones that's feeling the pain and dealing with the aftermath of those things that we go through, but it's so that we can pull other people out. Other people who feel like they're alone. Like, can you imagine sharing your story? Every time you share your story, you are, one, getting power back to yourself. You're taking your power back every time you share your story. And then, two, you're giving hope to someone who's right where you were, they could be in the midst of it and hear your story. Even though, you know, your story, yours too, Candace, like we all have stories, but I may can't reach the person that you can, Candace. Candace, you may can't reach the person that Miss Carol can, but if we're all willing to be open and transparent about those things that we have gone through. Do you know how many people we could help pull out of those places that we've been fortunate enough to be saved from and brought out from? So that, you know, we're not afraid to speak out and give a voice to those who maybe are not here yet. You know, it takes time for you to be able to get over the shame piece of what you've gone through. Um, and like Candy said several times, and you too, Ms. Kara, once you start working on yourself and rebuilding yourself after being tore down, um, when you're in a certain situations, your confidence is back. And then that light bulb and that, that thing that's on the inside of us, that passion just sparks. And now we can't be quiet. It's like I have been silent long enough. I will no longer be silent when it comes to these type of issues because I know that I could possibly save somebody else from the same situation. And you could listen, you know, their journey could be, you know, cut a little shorter if they have someone that they can relate to. Somebody that's going to be open and honest about what they what they've gone through, that they feel that they can relate to. And then just being genuinely concerned about other human beings. Like even if you have not experienced any type of domestic violence, just to hear the stories of those who have is heart-wrenching. Um, and so I I, I commend you both. Um, for speaking out and sharing your stories. Um because it it's needed. Um you said it again. I'm not gonna keep saying it over and over, but y'all know how I get when I when we touch on something that that I'm excited about and I'm really passionate about. Um because I I know that it's for other people. We're not we don't go through things to just come out of it and then sit as if we don't have a clue. When you hear about these things going on around you, you God makes it impossible for you to just sit and act as if you are unfamiliar with what that person is going through. It's almost like even if you try to be quiet, you can't, but for so long. You can be quiet, but eventually the muffle is going to come off. And you're going to be ready to speak out because you know that somebody else's breakthrough and their life is depending on you just speaking out and speaking up. So I I think that's a very good point um, that you brought up, Miss Carol. I do. Um, Let me see. I'm trying to keep up. I do apologize. There's so many comments on here. Um, but I'm trying to keep up with the ones because we have comments from YouTube, Twitch, um, and Facebook. So let's see. So somebody said, but, but it's the glory from our stories that shows people how you get over so they can too. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, you may, and that's the thing, you may have been in a situation where you were or, or could be considered as the victim, but you overcame. So now you get to share your story. From yes, I was here, but I'm now I'm sharing in a victorious. You, you, you're looking at me share my story on a victorious side, on a victorious seat of things. Now, that that that's powerful. Like I said, it gives so much hope to those who are right in the midst. Of what you've been, what we've overcome. That that's a good one. Um, I know I missed some comments. I'll try to go back later and um, and catch them, uh, Miss Carol. I did put in here. I had already put in the comments the phone number for the National Domestic Violence Hotline, and there's also a text um, a number that you can just text the word "start" to. I put that in the comments as well um, because i wanted to make it available Um, also on the website for the national domestic violence website there's all different kinds of resources there Um, they share um, and help you start your escape plan if that's what you need Um, and i will share that information in in the community once we're done Um, I will definitely share that there just in case, you know, anybody needs it. Um, do you got either of you have any like closing remarks, anything that you would like to leave, um, leave our viewers with? Um,
2: I think if anything, um. So much, but I guess just to narrow it down, um, this is the first step. You know, you being here just to listen to our stories, um, it's the first step. You know, it's education and educating yourself on what domestic violence is because a lot of people don't really know the full picture of what it is. You Every day is starting to be more and more information given out. So, you know, I think I just commend you on just taking the first steps towards, you know, trying to understand what domestic violence is. And if you are in a a DV situation, that that's where your your focus is. And, you know, I pray for you and, you know, I just hope that you got something out of the message today and that if we only touch one person, you know, that's like, like LaShonda said, that's victorious. That's, that's amazing. And just know that, you know, it's not going to be, it's gonna. it may take time and that's okay. You know, um, the resources are there. You made the first step. So I just say, keep pushing, Um, you know, just keep pushing and just let somebody know, one person know what you're going through so they can help you along the journey. to freedom, you know, that's what helped me as well.
0: And to just, um, piggyback off of that, um, we just want to remind everybody that, um, you know, I said it earlier that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, we are Kings and Queens you know, if if there's some men that are listening or, you know, someone, females that are listening that know that there's a male in this situation, you know, we've we've been created to be great and to be able to uh, live out our potential. And so, uh, as Candace says, you know, getting educated and then learning how to maneuver through and take the steps uh, towards the freedom is uh, the thing that a person needs to do uh, first in order to be able to get to that place where you can live out your potential and who God created you to be. So just know that, yes, we are praying for each and every one of you um, and ask God to to bless you and keep you
2: one nugget, one nugget, one more thing, because I think this is important, too, um, is. Uh, start pouring into if you have children. Start pouring into your child. Um, those those red flags because it's it's never too early. It comes in a variety of different ways. Um, but letting them know what to look for, especially if you have teenagers. You know, dating matters type of situations. Let them know what's look for, what's not good, because it starts from the beginning um you know putting those powerful words into your children letting them know that um they're beautiful that they're wonderful giving them that extra security so they won't be lacking that um, on their journey
1: right i definitely agree with that um i will read um miss carol someone said love it carol bless you thank you um, someone else said powerful testimony Candice God bless you um and they said thank you um yep yeah, they said thank you um so I just want to take the time out again ladies to thank you both um for being willing to come on here and share um, your stories um, for all the women and, and, and men kings and queens in the on the other platforms um thank you for tuning in um thank you for being open to the conversation um and as candice and carol said if this touched one person then everything all the efforts that was put into this was worth it um I want everybody to keep in mind and just know that we're here. Um, Even if you don't feel comfortable speaking to the people that you know, my inbox is always open. You can inbox me. Um, You can text me. My cell phone number is 910-633-5521. Dr. Jacqueline Wilson, who's also a part of the All Bets on Me community, she's an advocate. For domestic violence you cannot her inbox is always open as well you can inbox her together if you're in a situation we will use our resources to help get you where you need to be um, um, get you where you need to be um, i thank you all again for tuning in uh, i definitely appreciate it We'll probably have to do a part two um, because it's just so much. It's a lot, and we don't want to make it, you know, too much longer than what, you know, the time that we allotted. Um, But we'll announce that, we'll decide, and then we'll announce that if that's what we're going to do. Um, There's another comment in here that I don't want to leave out. Um, Someone said, also watch your children's behaviors. Their changing attitude could tell a story that is not being told. Just because they are young doesn't mean they can't tell when something has gone um away. And that's true. Um, and that's a whole another topic that I don't want to get into right now. We're gonna end this one, but that is definitely true. Um, that, that is all the questions that I see here. I'll try to go back and answer or catch any ones that I may have missed while we were conversating. Um, so good night, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, ladies. Thank you, ladies. Hang on for me one second. Let me end the broadcast. Oh, oh,